Welcome to Living Water Radio. Have you ever been out at sea in a storm? Have you ever been caught in a crisis beyond your control? I think we all know about that. Today we're going to learn how to make it through. My name is Pastor David Burkadal. My wife, Reverend Sally Welch, is co-producing this podcast. Sally is a United Church of Christ slash Christian Church Disciples of Christ ordained minister focusing on ecumenical and interfaith ministry. I served Lutheran Christian congregations in Compton, California and in San Dimas, California for over 40 years. Today, maintaining our yard is my gym, and I'm active as a volunteer in the leadership of more than 100 Evangelical Lutheran Church in America congregations in our area. Between the two of us, we have over 80 years of ordained ministry experience. Check out our first Living Water Radio podcast, number zero, Welcome and Introduction, for more information about us and this podcast. I studied for a semester in Israel when I was in college. One day, after a lecture at the Church of the Beatitudes, built on the traditional site of the Sermon on the Mount on the north side of the Sea of Galilee, I sat by myself on the hill that sloped down to the sea. I saw a fisherman at the shore tending his boat and the provisions inside. I saw sun on the Sea of Galilee and the bustle of the commercial activities around me, and I thought, Jesus could have sat on this same spot and seen these same things 2,000 years ago. Then the fisherman moved to the stern of the boat, pulled a cord, and the engine fired up, and the boat shot across the water out to sea. Kind of ruined the moment. The Sea of Galilee is the largest freshwater lake in Israel and the farthest body of water below sea level in the world, with the Dead Sea, a saltwater sea also in Israel, being the only other body of water that is farther below sea level. It has a surface area of almost 64.5 square miles. By comparison, the Puddingstone Reservoir in the Benelli Regional Park, not far from where we live, is less than four-tenths of one square mile. The Sea of Galilee is fed by underground springs, but its greatest source of water is from the River Jordan that runs through it from the north to the south. The area is subject to earthquakes and, a long time ago, volcanoes. In Jesus' day, there was a continuous string of villages and settlements around the Sea of Galilee. It still supports commercial fishing to this day. The Sea of Galilee rests at the bottom of a basin with hills and mountains around it, kind of like L.A., as the cooler mountain air and the much warmer below-sea-level air mix together, storms can come up unexpectedly on the Sea of Galilee and be, can be quite violent. Today, we get to see one as the disciples saw it. We see it in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 4, starting at the 35th verse. On that day, when evening had come, he said to them, Let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd behind, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was. Other boats were with him. This reading immediately follows last week's stories about how the kingdom of God is like sowing seeds and the mustard bush. Today's event took place on that day when evening had come. Jesus had been teaching all day and was exhausted. And he said to his disciples, let's go to the other side of the sea, from the Jewish side to the Gentile side. They took him with them in the boat, just as he was. What? He wanted to go home and change into his sailing outfit? No. He had been teaching from the boat and wanted to go, so they joined him in the boat and left. He went to the stern and pulled up a nice pillow and went to sleep. 
Have you ever slept so deeply that nothing could wake you up? As a growing teenager, as an adult, I used to run, and I had been a swimmer in high school. Many years ago, I figured that I could ride a bike so I could train for a triathlon. You know that proverb, pride goes before a fall? I was at my first call in Compton, serving as a pastor, working in the community, and training for a triathlon. I would sleep so deeply that I wouldn't move. I'd wake up in the morning with a sore neck because my weight had shifted to my neck and my exhaustion was greater than my pain. Do you think that Jesus was that tired? Maybe. He was fully human, but he was also fully divine. Many scholars think that this Bible text is not just a miracle story. It's an epiphany. It's a manifestation of Jesus as fully divine. A storm comes up and Jesus isn't afraid. Storms at sea were believed to be agents of evil, and Jesus continues to sleep. His disciples panic, yell at him. We see it starting at Mark chapter 4, verse 37. A great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat so that the boat was already being swamped. But he was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. And they woke him up and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Have you ever wondered that same thing? Have you ever experienced chaos in your life and wondered where God was? Was he asleep? Here we see where God is. God is in the same boat with the disciples. In his book Night, Elie Wiesel tells the story of a group of men who were sentenced to death by hanging for trying to escape from Auschwitz, where Elie Wiesel was also a prisoner. There were nine men and a teenager. When the lever was pulled, each of the men died, but the neck of the teenager, perhaps because of his suppleness, did not snap. Instead, he hung there, dying on the gallows. Elie Wiesel said that he heard a voice, not being sure whether it was from within him or from someone else, saying, Where is God? After several more minutes, he said, Where is God now? And another voice said, He is there, hanging on the gallows. Any other answer, Wiesel said, would have been blasphemy. What does that story mean? Is it about the end of hope, the end of belief, or is it God present with us in our suffering? I've heard it said that We are living in uncertain times, but I wonder, are events in any time certain? What can we hold on to that is sure? I've read that don't be afraid or fear not, something like that appears 365 times in the Bible, one for every day of the year. I've never counted them, but that seems reasonable to me. The event continues at Mark 4, verse 39. He woke up and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace! Be still. Then the wind ceased, and there was a dead calm. He said to them, Why are you afraid? Have you still no faith? The disciples have rebuked Jesus and accused him of being indifferent to their circumstances. Jesus rebukes the wind, and he talks to the sea. He says to the sea, Peace, be still. Then the wind ceased, and there was a dead calm. A dead calm. Jesus has rebuked the wind, and now he rebukes his disciples. He doesn't rebuke them for being afraid. He rebukes them for why they were afraid. What? Have you still no faith? Well, who could blame them? Jesus, at this point, had cast out some demons. He had done some preaching. 
there were a lot of exorcists running around at the time of Jesus, and a lot of people who could talk about the scripture. Who could say if they were real or not? He was Jesus. The disciples just hadn't quite gotten tuned into that yet. But control over nature? That's a whole new ballgame. This event concludes with verse 41. And they were filled with great awe and said to one another, Who then is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? And they were filled with great awe. That's awesome. That was an awesome protein shake. That game was awesome. I think that awesome is one of the most overly used words in our language. Awesome means to be worthy of awe. My theory is that we overuse the word awesome because there is so little real awe in our lives. Who is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? Is that a rhetorical question? That's awesome. God created everything out of nothing. That's awesome. God did it as an act of will with a spoken word. That's awesome. Jesus stilled the wind and the sea through an act of will with a spoken word. That is awesome. We've been in a crisis in our own storm at sea for over a year now. We didn't know what it was at first. It spread uncontrolled. Then we found that we could control it with our behavior. Well, some of us did. We found out that we couldn't control the behavior of other people. And that meant that people died or wound up with long-term health consequences. Then we discovered vaccines, and some of us received them, and some didn't. And that meant that people died or wound up with long-term health consequences. And some had to have a chance at a personal benefit, but they got vaccinated. And some still haven't gotten vaccinated. Some can't, for various reasons, but most can Where has Jesus been in this crisis? Right there in the boat with us. He calms us in our life's storms with the peace that passes human understanding. Christians are not exempt from life's storms. Jesus certainly wasn't. It's been said that happiness is overrated. Christians do not always know happiness, but Christians always know that joy deep within us that nothing can take away from us. It is the presence of God at work within us. His disciples didn't have quiet lives. All but one died violent deaths because of their faith. Do you know the old riddle, how do you make God laugh? Tell him your plans. What lies on the other side? A common metaphor for death. We know, but we may be in for a bumpy ride before we get there. When Steve Jobs spoke at a Stanford graduation years ago, I recall him taking a jab, saying, no one wants to die. Even people who want to go to heaven don't want to die to get there. He drew a cynical laugh, but he was wrong. We want to live, not because we are afraid to die. That's already happened anyway in our baptisms. But because the purpose of our lives, hidden in Christ, is to serve others with what we have been given for as long as we can. The disciples asked, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Jesus gave his answer at the cross. The builders of the Titanic found out that there is always a storm bigger than any boat. The good news for us is that God is bigger than any storm. Today, let's remember to pray for those who seek to derail the efforts of people of goodwill, that their hearts may turn from destruction and toward the building up of all people. 
And let's remember to pray the Lord's Prayer today, the one that Jesus taught us. If you don't know what that is, contact us at the Revs David and Sally at gmail.com or send us a tweet to at David Burkettall and we'll send it to you. Send your prayer requests to the same addresses and we'll include them next time. Send your comments there as well. As always, we encourage you to stay hydrated. Open your heart to receive the living water from the source, God's self, the living presence of the one true living God, the God who gave himself on the cross so that all who believe and are baptized might be restored to the living relationship with God for which we were created. Remember your church. Identify one if you don't already have one. Ask a friend about it or a family member. Google it. Contact the pastor. When you have a church, go to or tune in to the worship services they have available and support your church financially so that it will be there when we come back to fully physically present worship together. Support your pastor and church leaders. Pray for them and help them in any way that you can. If you or a loved one are having thoughts of suicide or are struggling with mental health issues, call somebody. Google a local or national hotline. Reach out. You are not alone. Wear a mask when you're outside your home. Practice social distancing. Wash or sanitize your hands regularly. Stay at home unless you are providing essential services or need them. Avoid crowds and be outside if you have to be in a crowd. Be kind to everyone you come into contact with especially those who are sacrificing their security to provide for yours. Thank you for listening to Living Water Radio. We are here for Christians and for the people of the Los Angeles metropolitan area who are looking for a sense of Christian community, a source of hope, and a way to thrive together during this global pandemic. We hope you'll tune in next time and invite your friends to do the same. Meanwhile, Sally and I encourage you to open your hearts to receive living water, the presence of the Holy Spirit, and stay hydrated.